to the Forerunners Podcast. You're listening to part two of our interview with Adam Poole, one of the coaches on the Run Endeavor team. One of the first things I remember happening in my uh, friendship with Adam Poole was a message I received, and it was uh, it was right before my marathon this year, and it came through on Facebook Messenger, and it uh, kind of surprised me. Um, it came through, and he kind of said, hey, I know you're going to run a marathon uh, really soon. And he gave me like the most thoughtful, genuine, positive advice, like several pieces of it. And it was just so kind, it just automatically endeared me to him. Since that time, we've had many more Facebook Messenger conversations, Um, but he's always given me so much encouragement when it comes to running and not only running he's been a fan of this show from the jump and always sends me positive feedback so i love adam so much and i hope y'all are getting a picture of how kind genuine and positive he is as a person in our community enjoy All right, we're back from break with Adam. Hey, man. Hey, I'm glad to be back. <laughs> yeah, it's it's interesting to to take a five minute break and then come back and welcome you again. <laughs> right. right. <laughs> <laughs> That's behind the scenes. That's bonus for you guys. Um, so um, earlier, you had kind of talked about how when you get interested in something like like a a sport like tennis or something, you kind of like dive head first into it and that's kind of what you've done with running because uh maybe out of anybody i know you you seem to be like the most passionate person that i've met about like the running history uh the running science like it seems like you've really uh gone head first into it talk talk to us a little bit about your passion for for learning about sure well I will tell you that I may be one of the few people that love watching every second of a televised marathon yeah this weekend or well next weekend coming up is the London Marathon for elites and it's I'm not gonna miss a second of it it's just yeah because I feel like when you watch it you can see on their face what they're going through or mm-hmm. you can see how smooth something is or maybe there's something you read about and now you're seeing it in practice and it's I just like watching that. So, but I like watching it at every level, the high school and, and younger and, and professional and just seeing how things develop and following people's careers. And I, um, I just look for anything. I got it set on my DVR to search for running and things like that. But, and then I, there's a lot of, like I said, books out there that are instructional and tell you everything. But I, like I said before, I try to dive into more of the runner's perspective yeah. and, um, you know, just speaking of one book that recently I loved was Lopez Lemong, who is a Olympian. He wrote a book called Running for My Life, and it's his story of being in South Sudan and, and getting kidnapped by ref, um, by rebels and being a refugee and then coming to America and an Olympian. And it's just, I cried maybe three times. I mean, really? it's just really, I mean, it's just very well written and just the story there is amazing. But I think when you kind of learn about those things, then it makes you really appreciate what you're doing on a daily basis. Mm-hmm. And I just try to find value in, in what I read and, and what I see. 
Um, but I love it. I, I like it when people struggle. I like it when people succeed. Mm-hmm. I like those stories. I mean, some people like American Idol where they hear all the backstories and watch it and love the singing. I'm kind of like that with running. I like, I like it all about it um, and seeing their personal journey. For me personally, I thrive off of progress and seeing myself get better. Um, so I like seeing that in other people as well. Yeah. I think the first time I learned that you kind of, you would dive into books about running was um, on the Striders podcast when you, you guys uh, talked about the duel in the sun. Yeah. And I got to tell you that I thought, I listened to it and I thought y'all's, y'all's talk was really interesting. I thought it was so interesting that I actually like went on YouTube uh-huh. and found that race. Oh, you've was, watched the clip of it? Yeah. Oh, it's amazing. I've, oh, I've watched several clips. Okay. I've uh-huh. even watched them sitting on a panel and talk to each other about it. So I, I thought that was really interesting. Um, I also didn't even know they put running on television. So until this last year, I found out the trials were going to be on. And mm-hmm. it is, it's not hard to watch a marathon, especially when they're running like, a little over two hours. It's right, like right. a movie. Right. You know, Absolutely. like if somebody video recorded me running a marathon, it might get a little bit boring. <laughs> it would get intense when I start cramping up and I start like, right. and I'm, they're like, come on, man, you can do it. But, <laughs> right. But, um, but yeah, I mean, it's pretty easy to watch a marathon on, on, on television, especially if you, if you've done it, you know, cause you sure. can, even though they're absolutely elite and like, like, like I can't even really identify with, with them. I know the struggle is technically the same. I mean, I talked after Ryan Carroll's interview with with me. Uh, we talked about how a marathon uh, is difficult for e- almost everybody. Sure, like whether yes. you're running it at like a sub six pace or sub seven pace, or whether you're running it at a ten thirty pace. I mean, yeah. you probably remember your first marathon. It probably wasn't pretty. It was not. <laughs> you know I agree. <laughs> and let me tell you, the first time I learned about bleeding nipples was also not pretty. You talk about chafing before. Oh, man. I remember when I learned that lesson and the shower that I had after oh, that. Oh, man. You know? yeah, yeah, man. I thought, I, even on this morning's run, I thought I put enough uh, enough aquaphor on, but, you know, it wore out a little bit at the end, so... Yeah, those long runs will get you. There's, there, it's a struggle for for everybody. So it it, it can be enjoyable to to watch. Um, uh, you um, you have just become a coach this year. Yes. You went through. Uh, you did the Zoom training, right? Yes. Yeah, man. Yeah, I. It was interesting. I would say that the most beneficial was the group when they would do breakout sessions. And you would kind of go through, you would apply that knowledge that you just sat listening to and then make training plans or talk about how you could take an individual's um, skill set or knowledge or lack of knowledge or anything or what their focus is and then figure out what's best for them and how to guide them. I think that's that's the thing that I, I took the most out of that, how everyone is different and how to kind of, you can still have your training philosophy, but how to apply it to certain people, mm-hmm. whether that's improve technique Mm -hmm. or increase mileage or you know anything like that yeah so i think uh, crystal had said that like if you wanted to become a a certified coach like now's the time to do it sure because it's all virtual it's it's like a virtual learning session and uh you don't have to wait for them to come to town but i will tell you that it was very long days (laughs) two days back to back 
I, I swear it, it was felt like 18 hours. I, I Like I said, I do slight exaggerations here and there, mm-hmm. and it may have been a little bit less than that, but it sure felt like working a full day both days. Yeah. You, um, and you're still, you're, you're with Endeavor, yes. and you've become a part of the coaching team. Um, How is, what's going on with that right now? Yeah, so, um, you know, Coach Rob Hunter and myself and uh, Renee Merchant are the three main coaches now. Um, Rob's really helped grow Endeavor and had needed some assistance. So we are their assistant coaches, Renee and I, to really help with that need to be a a contact or to, um, we've kind of gone through the school of Rob. We, he's got some great, he's been through many, many training, um, uh, certifications and such. So we've learned from him and we try to apply what we've all learned as a collective group to our athletes. But really what we're trying to do is, um, get more contact out there and, if an athlete comes on, have a source of people that for maybe maybe Rob can't make it that day or I can't make it, that we can help each other and really meet all the needs. One of the nice things is that the same training that I went through, uh, at least 10 of our athletes also went through. Yeah. So we, we have, we're able to have club coaches and, and provide different training or at least have a team that has a lot of knowledge and support behind it. Mm-hmm. But... What I'm looking to do personally is I still want to be a competitive runner. I still want to improve myself, but I want to take my passion for the sport and my knowledge and then help give that to the athletes that come on as well. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I think, I think there's, there's a lot out there um, when it comes to sharing knowledge. And I think once you get a little bit of that knowledge or a taste for it or start understanding what's happening, um, then you can really become a successful runner or enjoy it more. I think one of the most important things out there, uh, and I could have shared this in the advice column, but it's it's asking why am I doing this? Why am I doing this run at this pace or this type of run? You know, if a training plan or a friend or a coach says, go run this this mileage, just know the purpose. What? Why am I doing it? How is this gonna make me better? Is it gonna improve my fitness? Is it gonna make me faster? And just really understanding that. And that's I think that's what a coach can really help guide. Mm-hmm. Um, when I first started, I would just go out and run a certain mileage that was on a training plan. I didn't realize that that was an elite training plan or a beginner's training yeah. plan. I just said, three miles, go run it. And mm-hmm. then I probably sprinted it all or ran it as fast as I humanly could. And that wasn't what I should be doing. Mm-hmm. So sometimes guiding pace and guiding effort really helps as well yeah i remember when i was just beginning and i i i had no clue what i was doing i'd throw throw together my own training plans i had the nike run club app and the nike run club app is actually really pretty good when it comes to guided runs because they make it really clear when they're doing the guided runs you know you shouldn't be running fast like this is a recovery run you should just relax like so learning those things through the nike run club app was beneficial for me but you know uh, learning about all the other kinds of running has been uh, beneficial too. Um, let's go into to that a little bit. Uh, just let's talk a little bit about the different kinds of runs sure. and, and why we do those. Like uh, the, the most typical run would, would be kind of a recovery run. Like what's a recovery run supposed to look like? What's it, what's it supposed to do? Sure. Well, some people call that running at sexy pace, or just running at a pace that is that you're looking good. Yeah. Okay. That's that's kind of. 
I mean, every pace that I run <laughs> is sexy pace. I love it. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's a, that's a showstopper right there. I love it. Uh, but so recovery runs are usually done after a hard effort, mm-hmm. whether you're doing speed work or long runs. And really, you're just trying to keep your muscles loose, keep things moving. Um, you, you're still building in fitness and endurance, but you're doing it at a, at a way that you can still talk comfortably, feel good. And it's it's really just giving your, your body a chance to stay loose mm-hmm. and feel good. Yeah, gotcha. That's, that's good. That's most, a good way to think about it. Most of my runs are done at an easy pace where I'm just trying to build aerobic capacity, um, teach my lungs how to breathe, build mitochondria, make, you know, make my muscles stronger. And, um, that's that conversational pace. It can be quite challenging because easy pace is very confusing at times because we run, we often run with other people and maybe, maybe it's your easy pace I'm running or mine. Mm -hmm. So you really have to know your own easy pace. But, um, but it's one of those things that as you're, as you're running and you're learning, you're learning your body and and like I said earlier, you're, you're, you're learning what it feels like when it's hot out. You're learning what it feels like when it's cold or when you haven't slept. But learning that easy pace really gives you a good idea when it comes to race day, what is possible and then how to push it and what it looks like. Um, the hard part about easy pace is that for most people, it's still too fast because easy pace can feel easy, but you're still working. And so a lot of times with our newer runners, we have to say, slow it way down. It's going to feel way too easy. But if you're running at a pace that still feels conversational and it's easy, but it's too, too much for your heart rate or too much effort or it's putting too much training stress, then you're going to spend more time at that recovery run than you are actually building aerobic capacity. Yeah. They didn't have to... Nobody's had to tell me twice to do a recovery <laughs> run. I'll tell you that. That's yeah. the best run there is, I think. It's the only run I really like, really want to do. I like, my favorite is just doing a, a progression run where you yeah. start off easy and then you end your run with maybe marathon pace, which is still feel kind of easy, mm-hmm. um, or a pace that you're trying to get to, but you're not all out sprinting. Yeah. But you've, you've been essentially just warmed up your body for this whole time and then it feels good when you start shortening your steps and moving a little faster and still trying to stay smooth. Yeah. So I find it kind of a challenge to stay smooth and stay and feel good, but pick it up a little bit. Yeah, I like I like when my runs are naturally progressive. Like sure. I didn't try to speed up, right. but I, my body did just because I loosened up and warmed up and just got better over yeah, time. Yeah, it's such a good feeling. Yeah. I mean, if you ever do it in a race, it's a it's an amazing feeling, yeah. you know. Yeah, um, that's hard to do in a 5K. A 5K <laughs> I, 5k me and my or the people that I run with you know it's it's really easy to just go out as hard as you can because for a lot of distance runners a 5k is like like we were talking about this morning that's a short run for everybody so you're like I can just hammer this home sure but then you're like oh crap like the third mile is like oh man I really uh gave sure. a little bit too I've much. been there so many times <laughs> trust me I've had tons of improvement at the longer distances, and then when I throw in that 5K, I, I struggle. I mean, yeah. I've talked to to Rob about my breathing, my, the way my stomach feels, the way my feet feel, how I feel like I'm flopping around everywhere, or yeah. or people that have just run right by me, you mm-hmm. know, at certain points, and thinking, should I be with them? Should I not be with them? It's 
the 5k for me will always be a challenge yeah um it's the one i feel like the the 5k is the one where i have to put in the most effort um usually in a half marathon or a marathon definitely in a marathon i'm just going i'm just doing a relaxed pace for myself because i know i need to last for a long time but when it comes to like a half marathon i'm putting in half like a little bit of effort and trying to go a little bit fast but 5k it's so short you just want to like really give everything you got almost right away you know it's like it's like an adult it's like the adult presidential uh you know the presidential yes award in high school yeah yeah yeah. yeah. it's like for adults that's like the the defining thing because there's so many 5ks so um and there's not a lot of just mile runs absolutely but um but Let's talk a little bit about speed work. I don't do too much speed work. What? What? There are different kinds of it too, right? Correct. Let's let's talk a little bit about that stuff. Sure. So the thing with speed work or doing any type of intervals is really determining a few things that, and it changes everything. It's how long, you know, how long are you going to rest, and at what pace are you going to run? Mm-hmm. Any as you alter any of those three things it's gonna change the workout completely. So understanding, if, if I was coaching someone, understanding someone's ability and where they've been performing and what is an appropriate challenge for them really helps us see things. Now the reason that speed work is nice whenever you, and it's nice or appropriate when they have a good aerobic base so that they're not just going into it and, not, and you know, it's not something you throw at someone right away. Mm-hmm. It's something that they should build their fitness into. Um, and this is different for different ages. I mean, if you're younger, it might come a little earlier because you'll recover faster than someone that's older. Mm-hmm. But changing those three aspects really changed the workout. So understanding that, you know, we talked about that why. Why am I doing it? That's something to really get into. And as you do more speed work, you kind of learn where those athletes are and what's appropriate and setting those goals. Because you don't want to set someone up for speed work and then they burn out they, and then they never want to do it again yeah. or they quit. But there's different types out there. There's fart licks, which is you know Swedish for speed play, and that's speeding up every so often, then going back to easy and speeding up and learning how you're doing the kind of interval work that comes more from time as a, and then the actual intervals, whether you're doing 400s, 800s, thousands, or any type of distance. Like I said, you're just setting up a parameter where you say run this distance this many times with this amount of rest in between. And if you can give someone a pace, great. Um, and then try to see how they hit it. Yeah. And you sh- it should be something that you build on. Speed work, you, you pretty much get results pretty quickly with that. But then those results kind of diminish. Um, meaning you may see results quicker from doing speed work and, and feeling that. But then that'll kind of go away. And as you're building speed work, it kind of will take down your aerobic capacity as well. Mm. Whereas... Um, and hopefully this doesn't come off too confusing. It's just that as you're doing easy runs and you are building those long runs up, you won't see the efforts of that long run till maybe six weeks down the road. Yeah. So speed work is important. It just has to come at the right time. Yeah. So what, what we try to do with Endeavor and what a lot of coaches will do is try to get everything peaking around the same time. So as we're peaking that that long run capacity, we're also peaking the speed work. But there's so much that comes into it. I'm definitely not an expert at speed work. I yeah. enjoy it. 
there's been plenty of times where I've given up or I've yeah. stopped and said, I can't do another one. And there's been plenty of times where I finish and I think that I'm the flash yeah. or, you know. So speed work does what it says, right? I mean, it works on your speed. Right. There's, there's a portion of your... Uh, of you that is going to increase your anaerobic capacity that's going to whenever your oxygen is depleted that it's going to take over and build that and it will make you a faster runner but it, you have to do it like i said at the appropriate times so that everything's peaking at the right time gotcha let's talk about long runs now long runs seem to be they seem to me to be everyone's favorite run like maybe especially if they're with friends yeah know, yeah yeah or or a run that most people can would consider their most important run of a, sure. of a week so uh what's the purpose of a long run so we're training that body to work for a certain amount of time a longer time most of my runs are probably around an hour but then when i do a long run i'm out there for much longer than that so mentally it's it's also helping you because you know you're learning what it's like to be active for that amount of time so as you get uh, tired and maybe you start to notice a little bit of form changes that aren't good we don't want that mm -hmm. you learn to adapt and get back on track and then the and you have those form changes or breakdowns much later the the thing with long runs is and and I mentioned you know kind of jokingly earlier with friends is that you want to make sure that you're building them up appropriately, that you're not increasing them too much. There's a lot of people that will say, oh, well, I know Danny's running 18 today. I had 14 on my plan. I'm going to run that 18. Mm -hmm. But it, for your body, it may not be the most appropriate thing. It could be dangerous. It could be dangerous. Yeah. yeah. You're, you're really trying. And one thing we try to do, too, is keep people healthy and help people get faster. And we want to do it at the right pace. But those long runs, like I said, they help you get used to that. And it could be something that they help you with you mentally, but they're definitely helping with your aerobic capacity. Yeah, yeah. I definitely, it's amazing. As you, when you're in a training block for a, a long distance race, it's amazing how just building up a little bit, little bit by little bit, you can notice how much better you're getting. Like a, just for instance, like last week, uh, me and a group, of my friends did 14 miles and it was tough mm -hmm. and and today was um today we did 16 miles the, the week later we did 16 miles but it, it was tough because it was humid but my body feels better this week than it did when i did the 14 miles last week so it's it's really cool how just that little bit of progression uh can show results so um now a telltale sign that someone is an Endeavor athlete is that if you show up to a run and you see folks doing drills <laughs> before the run, you know they've been touched by Rob Hunter, dude. Yes. You, they, they're part of an, they've at least at one point been part of Endeavor. Um, you talked a little bit about it in the advice column of the last episode when we talked about warming up. Um, so for those listening, when I'm talking about drills, I'm talking about the the raising your the bounce with the raising your knees. They're called A skips and B skips, kicking out, uh, doing butt kicks and things like that, making sure you stretch. So why is why is um why is it so important 
to do those drills. Well, there's a lot of physical benefits, which I'll mention, but before I get into it, I, there's one thing I want to say, and that is I, I used to be very embarrassed to do them. Okay, I'll just share that with you. When I would show up for a group run I, and, and people would be doing their drills, I'd go up to Robin and say, oh, I already did them at home. I am I'm ready to go. I, I identify I, with that. Yeah. <laughs> I did that, but it's because I couldn't skip and I couldn't do certain things that I thought, I thought I looked goofy. You know, mm -hmm. we, do, we do standing drills, we do walking, and we do skipping. Mm -hmm. All of that in that progression to kind of get you ready to go. Um, and I was so embarrassed to do them. And then finally, I just kind of had a talk with Rob and said, you know, this is what's going on. I'm just going to be honest with you. And then he kind of helped me get back into the skipping form and certain things and showed me the way. And then I kind of got more comfortable with it. Um, so anyway, but it's just one of those things that I realize it can be, you can feel silly. Mm -hmm. You can feel like you're the only one doing it or you look ridiculous, but it has such a huge benefit. And even just mentally, it kind of gets you focused for your run. You know, if you've, do, you've done that and your body's ready, you, you know, okay, now it's time to run. Yeah. When, if you just walk out the door or get out of the car and then start running, your body isn't awoke yet. You know, it's not, a, and then your mind is also thinking, what am I doing? What am I doing? Screaming at you. Mm -hmm. But doing the drills helps really get that technique down. You know, it's like a golfer that swings a thousand times. Eventually, they're going to get that perfect swing. Yeah. And we're trying to develop that perfect leg lift, that perfect landing, that perfect form. But it also, uh, you know, it raises your core temperature. It raises your breathing rate. It um, helps reduce injury because you're now you're loose. And it'll activate all those muscles and get your joints going. In the summertime, it may sound silly that you've got to warm up, you know, because it's already hot out. But warming up actually avoids overheating because your body's ready to go. Mm -hmm. For me personally, if I, I spend a lot of time working, sitting or standing or, you know, not too much moving when I'm in a, in a patient's room. So for me, I mostly notice it in my hips and my glutes, two areas that I really only use for running. Mm -hmm. And if I, if I don't loosen those up, when I start running, I feel like I got bricks in my feet. Mm -hmm. So but whenever I was dealing with running on my toes so much, the drills and even just lifting my leg and putting it down and lifting my leg and putting it down helped my body kind of build that neuromuscular memory to do that. Yeah. Um, I know that Rob tried to teach me how to heel strike in an effort to show me to get me off my front toes. And when you're running, it's so hard to correct anything. You really cannot do it because your body's going to fall back into... And most people don't even see what they're doing. So doing the drills is a way that we can see what you're doing and how you're doing it and point things out and then learn to kind of correct. Uh -huh. Yeah, I remember having a conversation with you um, a couple months ago. And in the first episode, we talked about your, your major improvement. And you talked about working on your technique. And I asked you how you did that. And you said it was the drills yes i mean 100%. it wasn't something you did uh, like consciously while you were trying to run it was just making sure you're doing those drills and letting those little things that you were doing start happen happening naturally uh start to happen naturally in your runs and yeah you you attributed that a lot to the drills absolutely and and it just makes things so much easier if you can just take a quick, quick little, small little steps to warm up and just get your feet moving and then take off from those small steps, you'll notice that you're already putting your body 
in a successful form. Yeah. Um, I've always try- had to work on my arm swing because I'm a hunter. Mm. I mean, I'm very short, but if when I hunch, I don't want to be one of those 90-year-old <laughs> people that are only two feet tall. Mm. But I've had to work on that because I'm always hunching with my shoulders. So keeping my arms back has been something that I've struggled with quite a bit. So those drills have kind of really helped correct that as well. Yeah. Well, um, let's talk about a little bit about nutrition. You've given me nutrition advice in the past. Sure. How, for you, how important is nutrition when it comes to running? Well, I'm I'm not a dietitian. Yeah. I just I, it's like a, you know you just stayed at a Holiday Inn, but I just yeah. I've read a lot of books and I've talked to a lot of great people about it. It's something that's very important. It's something that I've I've always struggled with because I don't really eat enough. Mm-hmm. I know that I don't, and I try to purposely hydrate enough and drink enough and and do the appropriate things but i can just like i can tell when i'm warmed up and not warmed up how i'm running i can tell when i've i've properly hydrated or or had the right nutrition and not um sometimes i can even tell in my sweat how i how i smell kind of tells me if i if i've had the right nutrition but um it's just that for me that feeling of being sluggish when you know you're doing an easy run and how your body feels you shouldn't have that 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 drop out of feeling so sluggish if you've if you've ate the right nutrition. So for me, what that looks like is if I'm doing a long run, I'm getting up early, and it could be hours before or mm-hmm. and at least thirty minutes before my run, getting something carb based in. Um, I love coffee. So I it's something that I I actually really enjoy. So I get caffeine and and but a lot of that, like I said, is just personal enjoyment. Yeah. Um, but I, I just try to focus on what is coming in and what's going out and getting enough of carbs and healthy fats in. I am not the best eater. Yeah. Um, I love all types of food and I'm not very picky, but um, it's one of those things where I just try to make sure that I'm getting enough in. Yeah. And well, um, I have just, I just hired a nutritionist a couple months ago. Oh, great. It's really changed the game for me. Uh, because basically she she told she told me all these adjustments that I had to make, but just making tiny little adjustments like really one of the things that I've been doing wrong my whole entire life is eating at the wrong times gotcha. or skipping huh? the wrong meals and like just doing the things that she said has been a complete game changer for me both uh, both you know. And when it comes to level, my fitness and yeah. energy level, how I feel when I run, she's taught me like this morning, this year for the first time, this training block for the first time ever, I'm eating well Good. before I go out on a long run. Like, uh, so, so I'm really, there's a huge difference between filling your body with whatever you want, like any food that you sure, want right. and going out and running and then eating for fuel. Yes. Like there's a difference between eating to run and running to eat. And if you eat to run, your runs your body feels so much better. It's it's almost you could almost easily think of it as uh putting the right oil or the right fuel. Fuel is like the most appropriate ter- uh, the the most appropriate metaphor for it because Absolutely. if you're putting crappy fuel in, you really feel crappy. Like, it's horrible. I've had runs where I quit because I ate bad. I completely understand. Complete, I've been there, too. And yeah. I've learned some people have iron stomachs that can eat anything and go out and run. And other people are more sensitive. But 
100% have felt that. I can technically, I mean, I know I said I just quit because I ate wrong things. I don't know if I've ever quit because I ate wrong things, but I felt really bad on a run from eating wrong things. I have eaten very bad things on purpose before runs just to see how it felt. <laughs> I remember I remember eating a, a large quarter pounder with cheese meal uh-huh. with Coke and then going out and running a quick 5K. And I didn't feel pain until like the third mile, dude. But it was really bad pain. It was like almost crippling. And then I remember the, the first virtual race. I yes. remember the Striders said, this is free. It was uh-huh. the 5K, the free 5K. When yeah. virtual racing was actually like new. Right, right. And uh, I remember I went out for it and I was like, I'm going to crush this thing. It's, you know, and I quit in the middle of it. And then Scott Ward encouraged me to try it again. Right. And I was like, I don't know, man. So we went out and got uh, Dirty Buffalo. And I ate, I think I ate 10 buffalo wings. And I walked right out the door and ran the whole 5K. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, but I'm te- I know I'm saying I can run and eat bad. Right, right. But what I'm saying is there's a major difference in the way the run feels when when you focus on fuel. So I am starting to eat to run. Well, I think that's great. I would encourage anyone to really dive into that. I, I'm lucky that I, I uh, run with Renee too because she'll she gives at the end of runs. I kind of see what she's eating and I'm kind of looking at her in her bowl. What's mm-hmm. there? What are you eating? And, and ask her questions and she's she's answered a lot for me and she's a dietitian and she's extremely knowledgeable. But um, every you know we're learning every day what works and what doesn't work and if you find something that really you know gives you that energy gives you that great feeling you know learn that and just like we have to learn our body how it feels on a run learn what foods work and and what works for you and when you should take them in my wife refuses to eat i think three or four hours before she has to do anything athletic and i don't think that's great yeah but she kind of knows her body and how she feels and and what drives her crazy and doesn't so i'd encourage anyone to do it yeah um thinking about food is a is a powerful thing (laughs) but i i'm i'm in a i'm currently in a transition of how i think about it and what i want what's what kind of food's important to me and why so i've even made a very recent decision okay i just announced it to my family this morning okay i said I'm going to stop getting double cheeseburgers because that second patty doesn't really make a difference other than filling wise. Sure. The burger tastes the same. So I'm down. I'm now a single patty guy, guys. That's my, I'm coming out to the world. I'm a single patty burger guy. So no more double cheeseburgers, maybe on occasion. I think after races, maybe. Sure. Well, let's. Um, one thing people might notice, because I think a lot of people in the running community know you, but I, th- I think one thing people probably notice is that you're pretty private when it comes to your running efforts and, and the way you train. Uh, and there's a very, um, there's a very purposeful uh, meaning to that, or there's behind that. Can you describe that a little bit for us? Yeah, I mean, I shared it with you because... You know, if anyone asks, like, hey, why aren't you on Strava or or why aren't you on Instagram or Facebook? I am on Facebook and Instagram, but it's mostly pictures of Penelope that I want to share with family and, and you know, 
I joked with you that my mom reposts everything I post and it just, it's a good feeling as she's growing and good memories. But for me, I've struggled in the past with, um, with just comparing myself to other people. And, you know, by knowing how well athletes do and being so in love with the sport, um, it also affects like how you train. And if you see someone running at this pace for this long, you want to be, I'm driven to want to be like them or do that. And mm -hmm. when you start prog, you know, having progress and doing well, you just want to keep feeding that. And, you, and then you start changing instead of doing the training that's appropriate for you, you start changing that. And, you know, when you show up to a race, everyone is different sizes, different shapes, from different backgrounds, and it's a beautiful thing. I mean, during a run, people don't know that I'm a dentist. You know, they yeah. just know that I'm a human being running with them and having a good time. Mm -hmm. And so, or anything, you know, it's however you define yourself or what you do. But I just struggled with that. I struggled with, um, like I said, comparing myself to people's heights, abilities, to their to their weight. And um, I just decided, and I, I used to have a very active Instagram account, and I decided to delete it and focus just on family and add a few things here and there. Like whenever I did the, the Hampton Roads Challenge, I, mm -hmm. I was proud of that and I enjoyed that. Um, but from a, from a training standpoint and what I'm doing, I just really didn't want the comments or didn't want um, other people's perspectives because I just wanted to focus on myself. Mm -hmm. And, and I've, what I've learned by reading other athletes books or just from talking to people is just there's always room to grow from yourself and be self-reflective and mm -hmm. so I try to do that daily and, and learn from that and try to really cut down on those influences I think there's a lot of great stuff out there there are amazing groups on Strava my wife's a part of many of them and there's great things on Instagram and I still follow people and read what they do just for me that's just a personal choice to kind of really cut down on on self-hate or you know yeah. self-doubt mm -hmm. mm -hmm. um you just mentioned the hampton roads full tour challenge man one of the you're one of the first people that messaged me and said hey man i'm like really looking forward to this oh yeah how was your experience with it man? so first i think it's a, an amazing great idea well um, before we go into it some of you might not know during the off season of Runners podcast we put out a challenge called the hampton roads full tour challenge where we challenge people to run in seven cities all seven hampton road cities five miles in each city if you can do that 5k if you want to any mileage really if you want to in seven consecutive days if you could do that so it was seven five seven um so that's what the hampton roads full tour challenge is and uh like i said adam was very Adam was very vocal in saying he was excited to do it. So. Oh, yeah, most definitely. It started off with my wife and my daughter, and mm -hmm. we were pushing the stroller, and we we selected where we were going to run basically by where the best playground was. Yeah. But, you know, we had a good time. We were taking pictures and enjoying it. And then Chris Free, who I consider a great friend. He's a mm -hmm. great person. Yeah. I know many people know him, but he's so good. Him and his family are amazing, and he has a daughter the same age as mine, and it's one of those situations where I hope they're best friends forever. Yeah. I really, I pray for that. But mm -hmm. he's a great guy. And he actually called me up and said, I'm thinking about starting the challenge and running four of the cities in one day to kind of knock it out. And uh, so, sure. I finished it up with him and I loved it. A few things that I learned. One, the Nolan Trail is no joke. It's gnarly, dude. It is. It's amazing. I think it's a hidden gem. I never knew about yeah. it. 
Um, it's challenging. It's it's a great loop. It's a five mile loop. There was a lot of people on there. It's active. It's well kept. It's beautiful. But man, is it a challenge? Oh yeah, ups and downs oh, like yeah. crazy. And, It'll and, beat you up. And I know you've done races on it, yeah. so I the, the respect level. You know, you do certain things in the running world, and then you just realize the respect you have for other people. Um, we think about the 50k on that thing. Uh, I, I can't imagine. Like Ryan I was thinking, Carroll, Aaron DeBoard, they all did that. I know. I was thinking about it when I was running it. Like, if I had to do this, so how many more times? It was a challenge, and that I think that was our third. The other thing that was really nice is we ended at Fort Monroe, and then we jumped in the water. Yeah, and that was a great way of me ending that challenge. But things like that, and just putting a different spin on it, and giving it some uniqueness, and then also getting people out into the communities. Uh, I mean, running Portsmouth really early in the morning and just seeing the sunrise there and being in the streets and and every I mean, it's just it was beautiful, yeah. you know. And I like that you could pick where you wanted to go mm-hmm. and who you wanted to do it with, and what you know, it just made for a great experience and and really opened my eyes to the communities out there. Besides just signing up for a race that has a designated route. Yeah, so. I I really enjoyed. The fact that so many people discovered so many cool things in the area, like I would, I would constantly be like, "Where's this place? Like, I want to go run there." Sure, yeah. So, I just thought that was um, that was one of the great aspects of it. Just to say, you know, you know, this is like one of the best running areas in the world. I think it's one of the best running areas in the world. I don't I don't imagine there's many more strong stronger running communities than we have here. Like whether it's through the sheer volume of groups that we have, the sizes of the groups that, that we have, um, the the friendships that, that are here. I mean, it's just um it's just a great place. I thought it I thought it was a great challenge to open our eyes uh, to the beauty of of the area that we're in and the amount of places you can run here yeah i'm waiting for uh version two. Oh man i have <laughs> some pressure couple, i've had a pressure on you. that by the way i'll take this time to to mention that uh we just uh donated five hundred dollars of proceeds to the black marathoners association scholarship fund oh nice and those the base scholarship is 750 dollars so we gave almost an entire scholarship worth of money to to the uh, Black Marathoners Association, so I thought that was great. So if you if you gave a little extra, thank you. If you pers- participated, thank you, and you were involved in you know sharing stuff on social media, I thought it was I thought it was great. You know, so um, now as we come to a close, I want to ask you your kind of your current goals. And that's a difficult question in yeah. these times. Yeah, there's not a whole lot going on, but I just want to stay healthy, keep running, keep progressing. And for me, what that feels like is is just things keep getting easier and easier. I, this this training block, I've in, incorporated hills, and I'm go, I'm going to be learning that. There's different ways. Um, Lydia is a is a famous coach that that has shown that hill work is important, and I'm trying to learn that and and learn more about that and. And what it means for myself, and what it means to coach people doing that. Uh, so, so that's I'm just looking for progress. I want to see that things are getting easier, and, and I don't. It's it's hard. Like I said, it's it's a very 
challenging time to figure out what's going to be out there. Yeah. There, I mean, there's there's hopes and dreams. There's races I want to do. I just don't know if they're going to happen. Yeah. Um, what are some of those races that when things do get back to normal, you want to hit? Yeah, so on my bu- there's two things on my bucket list. One is kind of further out, and it's more of a spectator, and that's the I want to go to the 2028 uh, Olympics. That's going to be in LA. I just oh, want to okay. watch it and see it. And yeah. I think it's going to be amazing. I mm-hmm. never, I love the Olympics when they're on TV and I would just love to see these athletes who, you know, have given up so much of their time, effort and what it actually looks like. But for me personally, when I'm talking about races, um, my wife talks nonstop about how amazing Japan is yeah. and I would love to do Tokyo marathon. Awesome. She just loves the culture, everything. And I think one of her biggest regrets is she went to Japan for quite some time and never climbed Mount Fuji. Yeah. So it's going to be marathon climb Mount Fuji vacation whenever it happens. Oh, well, you, know? you better, you better uh, <laughs> space that out correctly. I know, you know, I know, I know. It needs to be a week long. You need to do the marathon on one end. Right. Fuji absolutely. On I'm not running marathon after climbing Mount Fuji. I said that I don't complain on runs but that might be one that yeah, I that's funny alright well let's move into faves dude okay let's hit you with a hard one first what's your favorite color blue definitely yeah. nice yeah it's just cause when I was raised my I don't know three boys I've got two brothers I'm the middle child and we I swear we were only we only wore blue I don't know why but nonstop. Blue. so it's, it's just, just become one of those things that I, I love looking at yeah what's your favorite movie my favorite movie is Kill Bill I, I like Tar- the whole series. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love Tarantino movies, but for, I love the music. Um, when I was in college, I actually got a minor in East Asian history. Yeah, but most of it was watching samurai movies and things like that. So I don't know. Some something deep inside of me loves that type of stuff. So yeah, I'm a Tarantino fan too. I, I like the dialogue in his movies. They're dialogue heavy too. Oh yeah, absolutely. I also kind of like the violence, and stuff, <laughs> but I mean, we won't focus on that. All right. Now, what's your? You've read a lot of books uh-huh. about running. What's your favorite running book? Uh, well, that I mean, it's kind of hard, but there's a. There's one that's really funny, and I and it's called How to Lose a Marathon. Yeah, and it's 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 um it's written by I could have written that one. Yeah, <laughs> well, it's written by the guy who is also a writer for The Simpsons. Oh, okay. and it's a very um, comedic aspect to training and running a marathon. Yeah, and it's just outright funny. It's mm-hmm. so good, and most of the books I read are so serious. They're so you know there's some drama involved, and this has none of it, and it mm-hmm. just Every time I read it, I, it just makes me laugh, and, and it kind of puts me in perspective that, hey, don't be such a serious person. Yeah. All right. Let's talk about your favorite race. I mean, this is an interesting question for you, because you've run races in a lot of places. Yes. So what, what's the best race you've ran? Or you could say the best place you've run a race in. Well, see, I, I could give so many answers. Yeah. If I had to choose... The best place to run. I did the Anchorage Marathon in Alaska. Oh wow! And there, there was. I felt like no humidity. I climbed for 13 miles and then I went down. There was no real pressure. Most people were checking off their number 50 on their fifth run 50 states. Mm. And um, so it's it was such a relaxed. The only thing that they really cared about is how to how to. Uh, respond if you come across a moose or a bear or things like that like they cared more about that when the start happened they just said okay line up here's the 
Alaskan song. Here's the national anthem. Okay, go have a good time. There, it was like a no pressure race for me, yeah. and I didn't have any goals set there. I just wanted to experience it. Was it gorgeous? But it was beautiful. People yeah. talk about taking a cruise to Alaska. Yeah, we did. We stayed there, but then we spent a lot of time, um, and we we took a, um, a glacier cruise when we did that Whoa, for nice. a day or so. But it's so beautiful there, and it's one of those things that we made it a vacation. So that's why I said it wasn't, there was no real running stress, but it was just a part of that vacation. Nice. So, that's, yeah. that's really cool. Yeah. Another answer I didn't expect. Yeah. So, I mean, I guess I didn't have any expectations, but that was like really surprising. <laughs> um, what's your favorite route to run when you're training? So we moved recently last year to the oceanfront, mm -hmm. and it's kind of convenient now that I can just go out my door and run. Mm -hmm. But I, I find myself running a loop that is down Bird Neck, so in Virginia Beach, close to the ocean, down Bird Neck, and then around the aquarium, over the Rudy, that infamous Rudy Bridge, you know, that's there, and then kind of wrapping up close to home or, or getting close to the ocean there and doing a little bit on the boardwalk. I, I feel very fortunate that I live close to the beach. Yeah. And it's one of those things that I don't take for granted. So I try to include that in there. But it's very boring down Birdneck, down that way. That's, and it just lose myself. There's no never anyone there. Yeah. And there's a, there's a path there. So I lose my thoughts there. And, and I think that's the loop that I enjoy the most. Gotcha. Mm -hmm. It sounds like a getaway. Yeah. For some people, if you want to try it out, park on Norfolk Avenue. There's free parking there. And then just run around there and, and have a good time. Nice. What's your go-to running shoe? So I've, I've run primarily in Brooks Launch. I, I don't know what led me to that decision, but it works. It doesn't hurt when I run. Yeah. And um, You'll race in those two? No. So I race. I, have, I had Brooks Hyperion Flats that I really like that were very lightweight, but I've gone... I don't want to say to the dark side, but I've gone to the Nike side, and I have Vaporfly now. Well, I don't have I don't have the newest and the Vaporfly, but I whenever the newest ones came out, and then the um, the four percents became much cheaper, I bought those. Gotcha. So I raced in those. I definitely feel a difference. They work. There, you can tell. All I ever hear is that. Yes, it's it's true. When I did Berlin. It was all pink shoes. When you watch major marathons, you'll see all yeah. the vapor flies. They do make a difference. I heard at the trials mm -hmm. that Nike gave every athlete a pair of vapor flies. And that even sponsored athletes would black out the vapor flies so that they could wear them. Yes, you're right. That yes. is crazy. It is right crazy. <laughs> it is crazy. Or you could sell them and go on a vacation. <laughs> yeah. Um, now... I asked this to Amanda last week, and I was really surprised that she had an answer for it. Okay. And I'm going to ask you the same one. Since this is dentistry week, or dentistry month of Forerunners Podcast, go to your dentist, guys. <laughs> yes, please. <laughs> Visit your dentist. And don't eat Cheetos or Oreos before you come, please. Oh, gosh. That's funny. Does that happen, though? Yes. <laughs> yes. People think, and she knows better than I do, people think she that, since, cleaning, hey, yeah. since I'm getting a cleaning done, I'll just let them take care of it. Oh, that's yeah. That's a real that's thought. A, yeah. That's, I mean, I... We might have different clientele, I, but... I floss, like, I, that's like the only time I floss is right before the day. So I, I get it clean for y'all, so you have, like, the least to do. Sure. Even though I only, like, floss once every six months, but I mean, we won't <laughs> talk about that. We won't talk about it anymore. What is your 
personal favorite tooth? Oh, that's a hard question. Um, I'm gonna go with a baby tooth, and that's tooth O. And so, because I see a lot of children, that's one of the first teeth that is lost. So, I, I love going around the office with these little tooth treasure chests of different colors and giving them to the kids that are losing their teeth. So what so, is the baby tooth? So baby teeth are all letters and adult teeth are all numbers. Oh, okay. Yeah. And what's the letter O? It's on the, your lower in the front. Yeah, yeah right down okay. There. Yeah. When I was a teacher, I always enjoyed a child's smile when they missing their, they were missing their front teeth. Oh, yeah, it's amazing. I even have something that comes up on my time hop where when Piper lost her two front uh -huh. teeth, I was like, this is the best smile that you get from a kid. Like, <laughs> I, I love it. Awesome. I just like how excited they get. Mm -hmm. And... It varies. Some are like, oh, I get to see the tooth fairy, or I get money, and other people are just like, look at this new one! And they just, you see them light up and get so excited they got a tooth growing in. Yeah. So that's, that's my favorite. Awesome. Well, we're going to wrap up our time. I am grateful for your friendship. Yes. I'm grateful for your support and encouragement that you've given me from the get-go, even before I even had a podcast. You've always been there, giving me any advice I need giving me encouragement and I think that that is an amazing trait for you yeah that thank, you have thank so. you so much and I would encourage anyone if they have any questions to reach out to me I'm, I try to be as personable and as yeah. friendly as I can and, and and just be genuine about it but I'm here to help if I if I know anything I may not yeah but uh, I would Co love to help coach anyone. Adam Poole student <laughs> of running yes yes thank you Adam thank you you enjoyed Adam and I's conversation as much as I enjoyed having it with him. Adam is passionate about helping people, uh, especially when it comes to running. So if you guys are interested in getting advice from him, maybe having him coach you, I encourage you to reach out to him. You can find him on social media. Um, for this week's haiku, we actually have a returning poet, Tara Dress from up on the peninsula. She says this, when life gets heavy, let running take you away and ease your burdens. Once again, Tara, that's a beautiful haiku, one that many people can vibe with. Well, until next time, this is Danny signing off. Godspeed. <laughs>